Hey, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Paying to Profits. I'm your host, Samson Jigoris, and every single week we bring on entrepreneurs to unpack the knowledge, wisdom, and lessons that they have learned along the way going from pain to profits. And today I got my friend Greg Rader with Waypoint as well as Greg Rader Luxury Real Estate. This dude's been in the game of real estate for an incredibly long time. He's lived through the highs and the lows, the goods and the bads of the market. And I'm incredibly excited to bring him on here today to share his story on how he did it so that you guys can learn. So Greg, welcome to the show, bro. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. So why don't you kick it off everybody? Tell a little bit about who you are and what you do and why the heck that matters. Yeah, I've been doing this since 2005. So moved to Colorado from Iowa, 2005, and feels like yesterday. I mean, it feels like it feels like this just happened, and here we are. You know, 18 years later, right? Yeah, we're so not young chickens anymore. We're not young chickens anymore. <laughs> I I wanted to get into real estate. I from a, you know from a young age, everybody else in my family is a doctor, a dentist, a veterinarian. I mean, like every every single person. Wow. So uh, that wasn't my path. <laughs> I wanted to get into real estate. I came out here. I got coached by a, a good family friend who he is someone who's he's developed casinos. He's developed a bunch of real estate in the Midwest. I just always thought, you know, this guy, that's that's kind of, that's me. And so uh, taking his advice, I moved out here. I got into the title business. I got with a title company. He said, "Hey, look, you're going to learn. It's 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 going to be boring, but you're going to learn. <laughs> you're going to see what agents do to be successful and what they do to not be successful." <laughs> so I said, "Great." And that's what I did. He said, two years. Give it two years." I came out here. I moved to Fort Collins. And why Fort Collins? My sister was going to vet school in Fort Collins at the time. So came out. Thought it was great. Thought it was amazing. So. Came out and got the job at the title company and lasted uh, a year. <laughs> I couldn't make two. Was it boring? Is that what the issue was? Really boring. Yeah. It was really boring. It was um, for me. It just wasn't. It was. It wasn't. Yeah, you're for just me. doing a lot of back office work and like project managing and dates and deadlines and yeah. checking boxes and yeah, a lot of that stuff. I was. I was also seeing these people out doing what I wanted to be doing. Right. And you're like and I could I, do it better than this dude. And I don't. I don't know if I thought that at the time. I. But I thought. I want to be doing that. Yeah. I thought, you know, I want to be doing that and not this. I thought, you know, like it, it was six inches in front of me the entire time. If what you want is six inches in front of you at all times, then how can you, how can you just sit back and yeah. do something else every day? I, I don't know that I've ever been very employable, yep. honestly. And I lasted a year. So I jumped in, I jumped in after a year and, um, you know, and, then and I, started. I mean, it's such a great point though. Like that's the difference between those who, quit or never get started is you just gotta jump like nobody's nobody's gonna give you permission yeah you had a mentor who's guiding you in the right direction but at a certain point you just gotta pull yourself up and make the decision to take the entrepreneurial leap you do yep you do just have to jump in and you know let, let's talk about mentors yeah. for a second too you know people i think people think Maybe a lot of younger people I know that hey, I have to have a mentor and I'm going to meet with them and talk to them every day and you know <laughs> or every week or every month or look I had maybe two short conversations with this mentor. I I didn't really bother him after that. It just it just set me on a path. You have to go. It's not up to him. It's up to you. It's not up to her. It's up to you. You you just need to go. And I think I think I realized that and, and I just went. Yeah, I love that. If you've listened to the show long enough, you'll hear me say that there's like 
five ways that we get into entrepreneurship. One, we're born into a family business. Mm -hmm. Two, we spend seven to 10 years working in an industry. Three, we go bring our head against the wall. Four, we find a mentor. Or five, some combination of all those things. But I think there's a definitely a gross misconception about what a mentor is. The mentor is not there to seek you out and chase you down. They're there like a Yoda on the journey. You go find them, you get what you need, and then you go back on the journey. And then you maybe come to new Yodas, right? New new mentors along the way as right. you achieve new levels of success. And you you join the group early on in your mm -hmm. career, right? Which for those of you who aren't from Northern Colorado, you know, as an independently owned brokerage house and weren't like a national brand, they're the they were for a really long time the dominant player here in Northern Colorado. And there's tons and tons of real estate investors. It's probably one of the number one ways that people became independently wealthy here in in northern Colorado is by way of real estate. And a lot of them, the ones that I know, came out of that shop, the group yeah. real estate. What what made you go there? Why not go with a different shop? And how was that like pretty pivotal in your career? Yeah, it was one of the best, is one of the best. I mean, probably the best ever. I mean, just, just one of the best companies ever, period. Yeah. Larry Kendall, a legend. Yeah, he uh, is. And so many people there that that are just just phenomenal. So you know, having the opportunity to join that group early on, learn from those people, go through ninja selling, learning those things, and really just observing right. you know, how it's done from a lot of the people that were there was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. I was I was really drawn to that and 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 really lucky in hindsight to to be able to have that opportunity because I I, I was not a producer. I was right. not somebody I was I was just getting going. Yeah. And you know, for them to, you know, open you know, welcome me with open arms and, and access to all of those systems and that assistance and that help. It was it was incredible. Were you were you always an entrepreneur? Like as a as a kid growing up, because you said you were black sheep's probably not the right word, but you were the odd man out when everybody else was like on the path to go to school and go to med school. Yeah. Or were you always like the kid hustling candy candy bars and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> There, there's there's a lot there you know growing Let's up go. I want to unpack I, that I was never I, I just was never like the other like like my siblings they were they were so much smarter than me in, in school <laughs> I mean I mean it wasn't it really wasn't even close they, they were they were a universe ahead of me yeah um, I had I felt like I had to try a lot harder to get uh, e even in the neighborhood of, of, of grades that, that they would get effortlessly. So, uh, yeah, young age, I uh, baseball cards, it was baseball cards. It was getting baseball cards, selling baseball cards. I remember set, setting up tables in front of our house and, um, you know, putting little stickers with like $2, $3, $1 on the baseball cards. And then just trying to out there hustle, trying to get people to stop by going over to neighbor's house, other kids who had baseball cards, trying to get them to, uh, trade with me, trying to convince them, make, putting deal packages together. I'll give you Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire. You're going to give me uh, <laughs> the, you know, the Ken Griffey Jr. card. Yeah, plus you know six other. Always trying to work in my favor, probably a little <laughs> bit. I didn't, I didn't understand the win-win scenario yeah. maybe at that age, like I did later on. Baseball cards, and, and then kind of you know going forward, I first going forward the college years, first summer back from college, my uh, parents had a relationship with a, a family that owned a door factory in our Iowa town, probably the prominent employer, maybe the largest employer in, in yeah. that town. And so I had the opportunity to do an internship there. At the time, it was the highest dollar per hour job you could find anywhere. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was like double the next best option. Oh, wow. So, But this was an unair conditioned door factory. We were slapping together inexpensive doors. I mean, like 1,200, 1,300 doors a day. Dang. So I did that for a whole summer. 
next summer back, I didn't want to do that again. And I, I remember my parents, my, maybe my dad specifically, being a little disappointed. I said, you know, I'm not... It's a good job, Greg. Why aren't you going to go do that hard work? Right. You get twice the labor hour. Hey, they want, they want safety. They want, they, want, they want to learn the hard work, all these things. I get it. I, I understand why he thought that because what I was doing instead, I, I was like, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm sell Cutco knives. And oh, let's go. He, he said, Cutco knives. <laughs> well, you know, I explained it to him, and that didn't help. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to call people. And this is back before the internet. I'm going to call people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break open the yellow pages because that's what it was right. in those days. And, and Red Bull had just come out. I had my Red Bull. I had the yellow pages, and I'm calling everybody in the, in, in the phone book. And you're just having the time of your life. Can I just... Come to your house and sell you knives. The greatest knife on the planet. The greatest knife on the planet. I mean, the whole presentation, you know, I mean, and, and there was a lot of cheesy stuff. You're like clinging the knife on the, asking them, you know what note this is? They're like, no, what are you talking about? You know, what musical note? And they say, I don't know what musical note. And I said, that's a B sharp because Cutco will always be sharp. <laughs> like this, 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 this. Did they it, teach you this pitch? They teach you this pitch. That's and incredible. It, it is. And it's really looking back, it's, it's funny and you're cutting through the penny. Yeah. With the super shears. I yeah. mean, you're sawing through the rope. Yeah. With, with, and look with, at it. It's still sharp. With, I remember with, those pitches. With the steak knife. I mean, you're doing all the I things. remember my grandma just melted and just bought Cutco on the spot. <laughs> oh, and, 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 I, and I mean, I was all over it. My my big driver at the time was I did not want to go back to the door factory. <laughs> right. I mean, that was maybe literally my only motivation at the time was I, I wanted to make money. I did. I mean, yeah. and there was really nice commission fees in there, but I didn't want to go back to the door factory. So like whatever you have to do, I, w- I was calling everybody. And I really, I really leaned on friends and family and, you know, we all played sports together growing up. So, you know, my good friend Ian and I, w- I remember he, he lived out in this neighborhood called Oakland Acres, had this golf course, this nice house. And you know, I was like, Trudy, Ian's mom, <laughs> she cooks a lot. She's going to want Cutco knives. And she's so got I the money probably. Live on a golf course? Come got on. Got the now. money. So I call. Trudy doesn't answer. Remember, no cell phones. Dial, dial tones. I call. <laughs> Al, his dad answers. No, I don't want any. I don't want any knives. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know if I can. I probably can't swear yeah, on this. You don't want any damn I, knives. Yeah, he, he he didn't say that eloquently. He was, I don't want any damn knives. You know, and and basically like, like just hangs up on me. Not basically, he did. Yeah. I, mean, he, I don't want any knives. Hangs up the phone. I call right back, and uh, this time uh, Trudy answers. Oh yeah. I was like 50-50 when you call. Is it going to be Al? Is it going to be Trudy? I, I might have waited like a, a beat. <laughs> call back. Trudy answers. I set up the appointment. Let's I come go. out there. And as I'm as I am selling Trudy knives, closing the deal, Al walks by, like, what are you doing here? You know, what do you and, and he's you know, he's upset that I came, but that is what's it look like, Al? I'm selling yeah. Trudy some knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I remember uh, just how he, he was he was upset that I was even there and I was unfazed. I went, you know, I saw But you loved knives. it. Yeah, you got, got a little bit of excitement out of it. Yeah. Would you say it's important for entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs to get some experience in sales? I, I think it's so important. It, it, no, it's almost, almost like sales has become a bad word. I, I think, you know, it, do you feel that way? 100%. And I think it is one of the most, if not the most important baseline skill you can have. I mean, it, it there's just, you know, self-awareness. There's so many things tied into this, but that skill of sales, how to sell, how, how to you know, people think of it and they think of, you know, all the bad things, all of the movies we saw maybe growing up, Glenn Carey, Glenn Ross, yeah. on down the line, right? That's what they think of. So it's like, it's it's a bad word to so many people, but it, it is such a fundamental skill. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, really, I think 
reframing that context is, context is important. It is how can you educate? How can you be helpful? How can you go to bat for somebody? How can you solve a need? I mean, really solve a need and yep. um, make their lives better, make their lives easier. There's so many ways that it could be framed that it, that it, it generally doesn't seem to be framed. But absolutely, uh, in my opinion, like the, the most important skill you can have. Yeah, I mean, it can go the both both ways too. I've seen people that are really good at sales and ter- terrible at execution and service on the back end. Sure, but I, having worked with a, consulting a lot of businesses, helping people prepare to sell their business, to go to the market, selling businesses, the thing I see more than not is they're really good at like the product and the process, mm-hmm. and they're not so good at getting sustainable deal flow and new revenue. Right, and so they have this real inconsistency, kind of wave tops of of revenue. Mm-hmm. And so it's so crucial, especially if you're starting from scratch. So if you're uncomfortable selling, you're listening to this podcast, thinking about starting, starting something up, man, you need to find a good partner who can sell. Don't yeah. not to deter you from doing it, but you need to find somebody who wakes up and goes to sleep thinking about how they're going to crush new business. You know, I, I agree. And then, you know, also thinking about ways, you know, how, how can I do this differently? How can I, I always say, how can you create your own game? Whatever yeah. someone listening to this is, is looking to do, how do you create your own game? You know, what do I mean by that? Let's cut co knives. Let's talk about that again yeah, for a second. Example. You know, I'm I, Red Bull phone book, coffee bomb. This is taking a lot of time. And and by the way, I'm getting a lot of rejection and in, in, in all of these things. Not that I minded, but I I was pushing through. But it it was wasn't. I knew it wasn't the most efficient way. So changed my strategy. Started talking to parents in you know in our network of friends and sports, and they had you know, other my friends had other siblings. There were a year younger than us, two years younger than us. They were graduating. Right. And what, what happened, you know, the graduation parties, that's big in the Midwest, the graduation parties. Everyone gathers in the garage. Everyone has, the, you know, the buffet line that, you know, ta- putting together tacos. Everyone has a beer and a keg. Yeah. Huge crowd at these things. I would convince the parents to let me give knife presentations in the <laughs> garage at the graduation parties. I love it. And... I remember the first one I did, and I, I just remember, I mean, it was like seven orders, like seven huge orders, and how long would it would have taken me a long time to do that if I'm just dialing out of the phone book. So right. create a new game. You talked about filling the pipeline. Yep. You know, how, do you, how, do you, how do you create your own game there? I, I, I like pickleball. You know this yeah. about me. Which, by the way, is like trending super hot right now. It's mm-hmm. all the rage. It's all the rage, and, and for good reason. It's yeah. just it's it's an addictive, fun sport. So you're gonna have to take me to play too. By the way, I've never played. But I it will. Looks so fun. <laughs> I will. I, I'll absolutely. I'll, I'll get you out there. Okay. I will get you Done. out there. I a few years ago started a pickleball league. Uh, I'm not a good golfer. I don't like golfing. That's not authentic to me. That's not a business development. You know. And by the way, I, I, I always think of business development as how you, you find more people to help. Like if you really believe in what you do, you know, right. your service, like you find more people to help. So it, it, it all, that feels authentic to me too. But I thought I'm going to start a pickleball league and I am going to, it's, 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 I'm going to get people there. I am going to invite people that I want to get to know better and who would enjoy it just like I enjoy it. And we, we're all out there just like, you know, not thinking about business development. We're just thinking about getting to know each other and have a good time. Yeah. And relationship building, long game stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I could go to a chamber of commerce event. You could do these different things. That's somebody else's game. I, yeah. I've never enjoyed playing somebody else's game. That's just me. 
Yeah, throw your um, own throw your own party. Yeah, throw your own party. Do something that's really authentic to you. I mean, not that you have to always organize it. If I liked golf, I'm sure I would join a golf league and golf in somebody else's golf league. But um, you know, try I think trying to be creative, trying to think of something that no one else is doing, and take a leadership role in doing that and creating that game. Like um, uh, like a like a podcast, you know, where you bring other badass entrepreneurs on you and you just talk about business because it's the thing that fuels you. Just entrepreneurship. You wake up going to sleep thinking about how to build and grow and scale and sell sell businesses. And like, what if somebody just made a podcast where they just sat down and got to like learn from like all the best entrepreneurs in their <laughs> ecosystem? Like, how cool would that be? It comes to some people is is naturally as breathing. Yeah, and and you're one of those people. <laughs> you are. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. But yeah, this is a great example of that. I love that. So you, you told me a story. You went to lunch a couple weeks ago, and you were talking about how you got your whole family mm-hmm. from Iowa to Fort Collins and how it actually played a pretty pivotal role in like kickstarting your real estate career. Right. Can you share that? That was a really cool story. I mean, moms or aunts, uncles, cousins, like you were moving everybody out here from the Midwest. Yeah. They're all here. Yeah. They're all here. So it started with me. My sister was going to vet school and I came out to Fort Collins and I, I fell in love immediately. I just, this, I thought this is, this is it. I mean, this is, this is, this is for me. So, and I, I was sold, I realized pretty quick, I hadn't really thought about this, but I remember the door closing behind me in the apartment I rented thinking like, I don't, I don't know anybody here. So I took action, you know, I joined, I got into all these groups, but you know, concurrently with that, I was, I wanted to get family members here. I wanted to talk to people. And so, you know, I, I honestly can't even remember the order now, but, but I can tell you that my parents live here. Uh, I can tell you that, you know, uh, all of my cousins live here. Yeah. Um, my brother, his wife, live just a few minutes away from me. Now, you know, we all have kids, and so I have a lot of nieces and nephews. And right. It's really, it was it was a huge, huge, I mean, this happened over years because, right. you know, there's so many of us here now. This happened over years, and it was it was crucial, I, I would say, to my career taking off. My, my career almost died so many times uh, in the beginning. Um, from not having, you know, the funds to just feeling like I, 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 I was a little hopeless to, yeah. um, you haven't you been know. on the entrepreneurial journey long enough until you've had that moment of feeling pretty hopeless. Right. right. It's definitely par for the course. You, it's, we like overestimate how fast it's going to happen or how quickly we're going to achieve success and right. a little bit of desperation between paying your bills and do I need to go get a job to make yeah. the ends meet? I mean, those are that's a real conversation that goes on. Yeah. And and then, you know, what if, you know, like what I was doing, I was working nights at Home Depot. Yeah, and, that's right. And oh, man, you forget yeah, about that part of the story. Put a room I put a I put a roommate in, 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 in my house that I you know, back when, you know, all you had to do to buy a house was, you know, if you could fog a mirror, you could get a loan. <laughs> and that's what I you know, I didn't have any money, but I had a house. Yeah. Um I was I, I Got a roommate in there. One time, I had two roommates. Two roommates in there. I I was working nights, and you know, I, I was still I was still really struggling. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, all those. I think we talked at lunch a little bit. Some of those some of those those times where it's you know, look, I I I don't have any sandwich meat in here. <laughs> Funds are low. Got all the veggies for the sandwich. I don't have the turkey for the sandwich or the bread. Let's let's throw it all in the blender. Blender. Let's go. The and veggie blend. The veggie blend, and it was just like I it uh, um, I I remember plugging my nose, and just just downing that, and that was and that was that was dinner one night. It sounds dramatic. I you could have, but funds were. I say like, funds were low. Funds were 
were really, really low. Yeah. Um, kind of thinking back to that, not that you would change anything because a lot of that experience made you who you are today and mm -hmm. taught you, but I guess what advice would you give to yourself during that time period that maybe you would have done things differently? Sure. Yeah, I think you know, look, knowing who the audience is here and, you know, I know not everyone's in real estate, but if, if they're getting involved in an entrepreneurial venture or, or if they're getting involved with something and it's in, in its, in its sales and you're starting, you know, here and you're, you want, you want to go higher. I think really figuring out how can I add value to somebody who's already doing this at a level much higher than I am. Mm. That is what I would do differently, very specifically. And we talked about the mentor relationship. Well, you know, that person who I was modeling after a bit didn't live in this market. I think you find somebody who's, you know, where you want to be, doing what you want to do at a level higher, much higher than you're currently doing it. And you answer the question, how can I add value to this person? So right. you're starting, how can I add value? How can I, how, what What do you need? And then, and then you do it and you need to get paid something. Um, but you know, so like, yeah, like in your case, like maybe latch on to another top producer and be like, Hey, can I sell real estate with you and yep. learn from you and help you? And we can do deals together. And yeah. And you probably have to be a little bit careful about how you're coming on because you, 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 you frame it that way to that person. They're going to be like, look, I, I don't need, I have enough to worry about right now. I don't need, I don't need this <laughs> to <walking>. babysit you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't need to babysit you and you're a walking liability. Right. Um, so at the start, it probably looks a lot like, Hey, I am, you know, getting brochures for you and putting them in the brochure box. I'm setting up the lock box. Maybe I'm shoveling the walk at your listings after it snows. Very, very, you know, baseline stuff. Yeah. Um, in return for that, it's hey, can I can I shadow you? you? Then you're making your way up to hey, can I? I've seen you show properties. I know how you do it. Can I just can I go show properties for you? Can I can I take these buyers all around town? You go enjoy a Saturday with your family. I'll, I'll show these buyers around. Great. Yeah. And you go from there. You, you up, up and up. You go if you do a good job. If you really show up, yeah. You, especially early days too. If it's a new industry or you're just kind of new to the game, mm -hmm. you don't even you don't even really know what good or done looks like. And so you need to get some examples. Success leaves clues, right? Mm -hmm. I think the other thing I see too is people they jump into stuff and they don't really have a clear vision for like what the heck do I want this to look like you know so they just start doing stuff mm -hmm. and they confuse a lot of motion with progress and they they never pick their head up enough to say hey is this still in line with where i'm going and what i want to do um and so they get they get caught in the trap of wasting a lot of time and they, they feel like they're doing a ton of stuff but mm -hmm. they're really not going anywhere right it's like standing and spinning in a circle you're sure moving yeah but you're not gaining any ground so i think combined with what you just said that that's the helpful transition is like, how do you latch onto somebody to get that direction and coaching that you need? Yeah. And there, there probably, there's, there's a spectrum of how, how much you're latching onto somebody because, you know, another thing is goal setting. So maybe you're not in a, in a position, in a, in a profession where you can latch onto somebody like that, where that makes sense. Well, okay. At minimum, talk to somebody who is qualified, probably at the same company higher up is qualified to give you realistic goals, yeah. to give you best practices. You need a coach. You, yeah. you, you do. And, and, and someone who's qualified to be that coach, somebody, and again, it's not, Hey, we need to meet every day for three hours. No, it's, can I buy you lunch? Right. Can I ask you, you know, 
10 questions over lunch and then maybe do that again the following month. Everyone has to eat lunch. Always be thinking about what's in it for them. If I can encourage anybody, anything, that's something I don't see enough of, particularly with uh, maybe the younger generation right now. Yep. And I get it. I mean, they're coming out of, you know, being around mom and dad. You know, Everyone is not looking at you through that context. Like they are not your mom and dad. You need to really, really be thinking about what's in it for them really understand that their time is probably a lot more valuable than yours when you're young and starting out hundred um, you know, percent. And then look, you know, at different stages, it's, it's, it is still very relevant. What's in it for the other person. Like it, it has to, there has to be something there. You're going to find people are helpful, but you know, there, there needs to be win-win. Yeah. I, I think that's especially important for younger entrepreneurs to find that mentorship. I think if you're a little bit older, um, you know, maybe you've been working in a career for seven to 10 years. Um, you probably have those network of people around you who are entrepreneurs. So yep. just leverage those friendships like we're doing right now, right? We're learning yeah. from each other. So I love that. Well, can we dive into your businesses a little bit more in detail? I'm going to add one thing. On yeah, that go for too. it. When, you're, when we're older and we're doing that, like I, I, I think egos, egos get in the way of people wanting to ask questions. Yeah. Egos get in the way of people wanting to utilize that network you mentioned. So I think it does become a big challenge as we get older to check the ego at the door yeah. and say, well, you know, am I, am I, am I good at this? Am I good at that? Well, well, I'm not. Who is, who can I ask questions to everyone? Not everyone, but it seems like a lot of people want to act like they have it all figured out. <laughs> You're and not wrong. They want to be the, they, they want to be the guy, you know, they're just, you know, look cool, act cool, you know, don't say anything. It just, it, it, you see this in real estate a lot, yeah. just, you know, they, they're not leaning in, opening up, asking the questions so that, so that they can improve to get where they really want to go. And I think ego, ego is the enemy. Um, yeah. There's a good book called who not how have you read that? No. Oh, so good. It's all about every, we're taught going through school that when we don't know something, we have to go figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. But realistically we just need to figure out who knows how to do it. And so if we lean into that more, like let's say you wanted to go run a Facebook campaign, you don't need to go learn how to do Facebook. You just need to figure out who knows how to run Facebook campaigns and then go talk to that person or hire that person. And you get 10 times further than trying to waste time, not in your sweet spot, doing something that doesn't really align with your God-given talent, you know? 10 so. times further in a fraction of the time. Hundred percent. I'm 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 a I'm an offender there. I need I need to learn in that category. You I should read to, that book. Who not how? It's by uh, Dan Sullivan. Thank you. Yeah, I know Dan, Dan Sullivan. Yeah. Okay. The strategic coach. He's got a ton of good books. Self managing yeah. company, but who not how is killer. Thank you. Uh, well, let's talk about. So obviously, you've been in real estate for a long time, and then you went on and you you founded and helped start a company called Waypoint. Mm -hmm. You guys are doing commercial real estate and brokering, some residential, and then you've really grown into one of the largest commercial property management companies. You're doing luxury commercial real estate. You've actually kind of stepped out of the Waypoint business and really focused on building a luxury real estate platform. So I'd like to kind of navigate that. Like how the heck did you get Waypoint started and how did you guys go and grow that thing into how many square feet of commercial space do you guys have? You know, I think Waypoint is now managing and, and providing maintenance services for approximately 5 million square feet. Wow. So Just in northern Colorado? Just in northern Colorado. Uh, a little bit of that goes a little bit further south, and there's a, a little bit all the way up in Cheyenne. So, you know, front range. Uh, so really, if you look at Waypoint's growth, if you look at Waypoint's success, I mean, you have to, you, have to, you know, really look at Josh Guernsey. 
You have to look at Tom Hall, who's running property management. You know, I've, I've, I've played a role, but those Josh has really been the architect of that. And Tom has done an incredible job leading people, recruiting people, I mean, providing amazing customer service to yep. those clients. So when I, when I look at that company and I, and I see where it started mm-hmm. and where it is now, you know, it's, it's, it's really those, those two guys uh, and then just the people, the hires that came on. I mean, I, I could go on and on about some of the hires. I mean, it's, it's a really good example of if you get the right people on the bus, it's just it, it's it, it, and in the right spots. It's, it's amazing where it can go and how quickly it can get there. Well, that's another example of who, not how right there. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're all looking for a, a who to let them use their how in the organization. Right. right. So were you were you focused primarily on the brokerage side of that business and not necessarily the property management? And did you start out more as a brokerage and then kind of really evolve into property management, or did yeah. it, was it simultaneous? What did that look like? Started out as a brokerage. We knew we wanted to do property management at, at some point in time, you know, and at that point it was it was Josh and I and uh, Jake Arnold is a broker, is a great commercial broker. Nick Norton was one of the early guys with us, great commercial broker. Yeah, Nick. Small team, and you know we had been, I think it was a year in, roughly, the opportunity came along to acquire a property management company. That led to Tom Hall coming on board, and that's really that's really where it took off. And in the beginning, I was doing everything from picking out furniture for the <laughs> office to, you know, wor- wor- working with Josh, deciding what space are we going to lease. Uh, it was everything. Yeah. Brokerage was, was paying the bills. So really hustling doing brokerage. And and for a long time, and this goes all the way back to when I started, it was I was selling houses and, and commercial property. So the early days of Waypoint, doing a substantial amount of commercial property, but really still continuing to do a lot of residential property. And then that evolved through the years, and I really started solely focusing on residential properties and really started that in 2019, really tripled down on that in 2020. Yeah, well, why? why did you go that direction? Because I feel like... Everybody's always like, "Oh, you got to go to commercial. That's where yeah. they want to go." Yeah. Why, why residential? Yeah, I think both are both are fun. You know, both have their pros and cons. I think what I've seen happen in this market with residential, and it's it's happening right now, and it's going to continue to happen. Is just you know the average price point has just gone up at a much faster clip than ever before. Yeah, and the amenities this market offers it draws you know a lot a lot of just fun, exciting people who are doing fun, exciting projects and, and living in nice luxury houses. And it just becomes a very fascinating scene. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you don't live in Northern Colorado or Colorado in general, it's too crowded and you shouldn't move <laughs> in. <laughs> Unless of course you need a good broker. Yeah, call, yeah, but yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't have great hiking trails. We don't have great lakes. We're not close to the mountains at all. We definitely don't have 300 days of sunshine. We don't have 300 days of sunshine. You don't want anything to do with this market. It would be terrible. Colorado State University in Laramie County, University of Northern Colorado in Well County. I mean, there's so many many great things that draw people here, right? And so I've just, I've really, I've had more fun doing residential. And then when when luxury property, when high-end property, like, became a thing in this market, which when I started, it wasn't a thing. You know, when I was, you know, it wasn't a thing, and, you know, it, when Gosh, what, yeah. What was the median home price back then in Northern Colorado? I mean, it, in the in the twos. Yeah, you know? and now we're like in the sixes in and the, the sevens, sixes, right? Yeah, yeah, high sixes. So it's just evolved, and you know, so that's exciting to me. Those those deals are are really fun. 
And, yeah. you know, there's not really a lot more to it than that. For me, over the years, I've invested with people at Waypoint and uh, the number of commercial projects, and, and those are fun. I've never enjoyed commercial leasing. I think when people think of commercial real estate, they think, I'm, I'm going to do this big deal. Um, that takes 12 months to get over the line. <laughs> and in, in, in markets like ours, those deals are out there. But these commercial brokers, you know, I mean, a lot of them that would, you know, they just, you know, they, they wouldn't be caught dead doing a residential deal, but you'll see them out there doing, a, you know, 17 commercial lease deals that are, yeah. you know, and they, they need all 17 of them to equal one check that they would get if they would actually sell a house that is, you know, in a luxury category. So the money is uh, is different now on, on the uh, residential side for brokers than it has been in your past. For me, though, as, I, as I'm saying that, I think people that know me, it, it hasn't hasn't been about the money. It's been, there's lots of ways we can make money. It's been about uh, the process. It's been about uh, just the game. Like the you, game, you the genuinely game. enjoy luxury real estate. Like when I, I talk to you I genuinely enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy uh, touring the properties. I genuinely enjoy analyzing. I really enjoy the marketing and, and the digital marketing and the social media targeting. It's really exciting to me. And you get the joy of the people on the residential side in my experience, right. you know, a, a yeah, lot. Commercial is a lot more math. One thing, one thing I know about like Northern Colorado commercial real estate, it's hard to be a specialist because mm -hmm. there's just not enough inventory. Like to just be a multifamily guy in Northern Colorado would be really tough because mm -hmm. there's just not enough of those deals trading. So you got to know industrial, you got to know office, you got to yeah. know residential, you got to know development, you got to know land. Um, if you're just doing leases, you're starving, you know, right. <laughs> you got to be able to do leases. You got to know triple nets, grosses. You know, so it the game's just a little bit different. The learning curve's different. It's harder to to specialize like what you've doing. So you you recently made the transition over to a different platform, yeah. right? Yeah. Out of Waypoint because they're really moving towards just really tripling down on the property management side, and you're really going luxury. So you joined the Live, Live Sotheby's. Yeah, yeah, Live Sotheby's International Realty. Yeah, that's so I'm on I'm on that platform now. Really, the the number one luxury real estate platform. Yeah, in the world. In I the mean, world. You, yeah, you go to Aspen, you go to all the major places, that's where you find Sotheby's, which is crazy that there's a strong Sotheby's brand growing in Fort Collins, Colorado, northern Colorado. Right, um, right. But here we are. Yeah, here we are. I mean, that's where the market's evolved to. And, right. you know, we're, we're just getting that brand going up here. There's a few other brokers with the, with, with the brand up here as well. If you go down to that TPC course in Berthoud, the thing's it's, incredible. It's an incredible place. You know, you're, you're going to find some uh, live Sotheby's agents there who are, you know, northern Colorado based um, in Fort Collins and just looking forward to bringing the platform, bringing the brand to more listings in Fort Collins. Yeah. Uh, off to a good start. Yeah. I mean, I think your your goal was to be the uh, top luxury broker doing deals above a million in the next three years, right? Yeah. I want to be the, you know, I want to be the go-to agent for million dollar plus properties in Northern Colorado. What's that, what's that look like? Do you build a team behind you? Does it, is it just you? Do you have a vision for that? I, you know, there, there's such an amazing team at Live Sotheby's. And I was, I'm driving over here. I was on the phone with my transaction coordinator. She was putting the finishing touches on an offer for me. Uh, right before that, I had a conversation with somebody who was completing a listing presentation for me. They're doing so much. I feel I feels like there's an army of people in that platform right. that are that are supporting me, which is which is really great. So there is that in terms of building a team in the future. I, I my model is a little bit different. You know, a lot of brokers you know, they want to do a, a bunch of deals. You know, if if you look at another top producing broker in our market, 
how I would be different from them in terms of how I would approach that is I, I might, I, I want to do maybe half as many deals as they do, but I want my average price point to be double. Yeah. So really focus on the luxury category. I love that. 2019, you tripled down on, on your luxury residential real estate. Yeah. And then uh, 2020 rolls around. Yep. So it's been an interesting, let's call it last two to three years. The market was crazy weird. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that go for you? What were the struggles? How did you overcome that? Right. Um, and then kind of carry that all the way forward for me today. Like what's, what's happening in the market? Um, and what are you thinking about for right. the future? Yeah, 2020, you know, it was just a lot, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, you know, I, I remember there, there's one feeling that, that will never, never go away from me, like when I'm, when I'm doing real estate brokerage. And that's you know, the story about, you know, when I was really trying to get started being a real estate broker. Yeah. And I was at the end. And I mean, I like of, of, of my money. And I, <laughs> I used like the last of it to print out all these brochures, basically saying I'll list your house for like almost for free. <laughs> just please call me. Uh, and yeah, that, that always works great. Yeah, it works great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome strategy. Awesome strategy, right? And I, <laughs> it gets better. I, you know, I'm going to put these flyers on every single home in the Harvest Park neighborhood in Southeast Fort Collins. If you live in Harvest Park, I'm sorry for the you know, <laughs> stuff I was putting in your door. But the, the, uh, the plan was to start first thing in the morning, which I did. I'll be done by 2 o'clock, you know. And, but, you know, I didn't get started as early as I planned. And, you know, you have, you have to eat. And next thing you know, I'm out there way longer than I thought. Wasn't disciplined, wasn't focused. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm still out there putting these flyers on doors. <laughs> and uh, I scared uh, one of the homeowners who was an older lady and, uh, I mean, really scared her. She had a storm door. And I thought, oh, I'll get this brochure inside here. Well, she, I think she, I'm certain she thought someone was trying to break into her house. And <laughs> it was... Uh, it was kind of dramatic, and then we, but it led to a conversation that led to me listing her house. <laughs> that led to uh, me closing on that sale, the first place I sold, and and I, I was so close to having, to, you know, not having the opportunity to do it, and then having that closing, it was, it, it's it's a feeling that I'll never I'll never take for granted. It will never leave me. I just I feel grateful, yeah. and I thought in 2020. I, I started thinking about that was the first thing I'll, I'll remember. You know, they said they were canceling March Madness. That announcement came out all over the news. That's when it clicked for me how serious it was, and I could kind of see these things maybe happening. And I thought, this is is this going to get taken away from me? Am I am I am I once again at the end at, after all of this? And and so it was really scary and. Uh, a lot of uncertainty for, but that only lasted a few weeks on the residential side. If, if everyone remembers, it then shifted right away to, well, I need to have like the best home office ever. I need to have the best house ever. I need to enjoy this space that I'm in all day, every day. People started valuing their homes, their spaces, their neighborhoods, you know, who their neighbors are, all of these things. And uh, a focus was on that like never before. How did you get through that from a, I'm interested the the mental gymnastics that you kind of go through when that things like that are outside of your control. Mm-hmm. I think that's imp- important to kind of unpack that because yeah. man, there's constantly going to be things shifting in the economy, things happening in the world. Like right now there's all this talk around the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, Iran, China, South, yeah. South America. They're all coming together to form their own alliance and the de-dollarization of the globe. And what does that mean? And like, it's so easy to get caught up in that stuff, you know? So how do you, 
How did you navigate? How do you navigate that? Focus on what you can control. You know, I, I, I got that. I remember that lesson from a book forever ago. I think it was the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Great book. You know, the circle of what, St- is it Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. What yeah. what can you influence? That that's the only advice. Focus. So I just focused on what I could control, and uh, yeah, there, there was there's no way around. It. Hey, I'm you know, there's no hack that I'm aware of for not feeling the anxiety, not having a sleepless night, but the energy you have if you can just you know direct it as much as possible to what you can control, doing the next right thing. Yeah. Uh, I remember, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just, it really gave me a lot of comfort. I'm going to keep um, doing what I do. I'm going to keep putting the stats together. I'm going to keep sharing the stats. You know, these little videos I do online, I'm going to, yep. you know, they're I'm great, gonna, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I, I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep having lunch with people. I'm going to stay in touch. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to be a great resource. I'm going to try to be helpful. How can I be helpful? How yes. can I be helpful? That was the number one question that always, I think, was going through my, my mind more than anything else. Yeah. Um, what's the saying? It's never a matter of resources. This is always a matter of resourcefulness. And when we get scared, we tend to start to look internally. And the quickest way to take that away is to start look externally. Mm-hmm. How do I add value? How do I do different? Because if you're feeling that, everybody's feeling that. So those are actually my favorite times. When the market gets scared and people get scared in the economy, you got to have the wherewithal to triple down and say, I'm going to go harder. I'm going to make more phone calls. I'm going to do more events. I'm going to spend more money on marketing. I'm going to separate my, myself from everybody else because everybody else is taking their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that if you're thinking about how you're going to add value to the other person. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think also there's some peace, at least from my perspective, in knowing that if you do that, if you go all out, if you go harder, then look, whatever happens, happens. You, you, yeah. What you don't want to happen is to, you know, peter out. You want, you know, fizzle out. You, then have it in the back of your mind. Well, I could have done more. Yeah, that's the worst. I could, I could have done more. That, that would, that would be the worst. So I think that is the other reason for doing all of those things. You just, if it's completely out of your control, doesn't go the way you want it to go, then at least you know you did everything you could do. Hundred percent. What are you uh, What are you most excited about right now? I, th- I think I could probably make some assumptions, but I'd love to hear it out of your own mouth. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I think I'm most excited about just the future of the luxury residential category in Northern Colorado, and um, specifically if, if you just look at, you know, some of the, some of the cool homes, the new developments that are in the works right now. If you start looking at the, looking at the renovation projects that are happening, uh, it's there's just so much money and creativity being put into homes and excited about that, excited about uh, really continuing to build on, I think, what I'm doing to differentiate from a marketing standpoint, not just with the Live Sotheby's platform, but, you know, additionally, some things on the, on the digital side and the, you know, the digital marketing, targeting, social media uh, posts and things like that. I'd, um, we've been contemplating starting call it a think tank or a mastermind or Mm -hmm. like an an executive peer advisory for people like you Mm -hmm. who are have a a more sales driven business because the way that we're doing sales has changed drastically and and people are way behind the curve on the amount of content that they're creating how they're thinking about creating content how they're leveraging these platforms in order to build a brand and in your case luxury real estate there's uh, lots of people want to move here so how do you maximize that right and so if we started something this is a this is how entrepreneurial ideas are born, guys. <laughs> but we've been thinking about if we started something that was like a a, 
a paid mastermind where you came together with other like-minded people who are all building their business who really wanted to learn how to leverage this idea that marketing is sales and sales is marketing. I would I would venture to say that we're probably one of the best at it. We do a, a lot of content and the way that we're building our sales team, candidly, if we get to the 100 broker mark that we're shooting for by the end of this year, we'll be doing 100,000 pieces of content a year. 100,000 pieces as a team. How do you do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to teach people how to do that because it's very easy and everything that you already know how to do, we can teach you how to do it too. I'm in. Just in a more effective way. Okay, different question for you. Market research, guys. I, I'm in though, seriously. Okay, what would, what, would you, what would you pay for something like that? What would that be worth to you? Think Short about it like question. monthly membership, we're coming together once a month, we're, we're spending four or five hours Really tripling down on content, strategy, your strategy, breaking it down. What are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? How do you yeah. fix it? How do you make it better? How do you expand it? How do you scale it? Yeah, good question. I don't know if that's that 500 bucks a month. Is it 1000 bucks a month? I mean, it probably, good question. Something in that range. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's good. I, mean, I, I think it. I think it's, it, it's, it's really valuable. Because I think you have a tremendous opportunity. It's, people say they're passionate about real estate. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. Oh, yeah, I love real estate. But like when I hear you talk about luxury real estate, I, have, I start building this brand in my mind of how you can do it and how you can articulate it and how you can share it with the market. And I want to teach you how to do that. Um, cause you already have all the intangible qualities. I can't teach you how to be passionate about it. Right. I can just teach you how to scale what you're doing and make it more effective. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's go. I'm in. Let's go. Okay. I love it. Because there's so many things I want to communicate. You know, this morning I was, this blew this guy's mind. I'm like, yeah, look, Hey, I'm going to show you some analytics. So you can go back into the, you know, realtor.com website, seven clicks in. It's like, look, you know, for properties like yours in Fort Collins, over 65% of the clicks are coming from the Denver area. So where do you think we should market the Denver? So really being able to educate the public on all the things I do differently, strategically, and, and, and do that at scale, you having your systems, your strategies to do that are very valuable to me. I think that's extremely exciting. Yeah. I, if you really are serious about being the number one luxury commercial or luxury broker in Northern Colorado. Yeah. I, we can help you get there. I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. All right. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll land the plane on this man. Um, couple more questions. If you weren't doing real estate, what would you do? Or would you be doing anything else? The answer could be no. I think I would be in law enforcement. Really? Or a teaching. One of those two. Why those two? Uh, you know, law enforcement, I, I've just always, I've just always had a lot of respect for people doing that. I think there's there's just a lot of dedication. I think they're I think they're undercompensated. Yeah. And um and so it is it is really incredibly impressive to see these these amazing individuals putting their lives at risks, uh, also sacrificing their time, right? Sacrificing you know a, a normal nine to five job, their weird hours, I mean all of those things, and just just serving serving and protecting is 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 really really honorable so that teaching uh being able to kind of pour into to kids we moved a lot when i was growing up and it was i hindsight i really understand why it was opportunities for you know my 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 dad at different hospitals and uh, he was an ear nose and throat surgeon and recruited here and there and everywhere we moved you know eight, nine times, I think, total from when I was born to when I made it to high school. And so with that, there was a lot of sitting at the lunch table by myself, yeah. you know, you know, play the, the small violin. But yeah. it, 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 it was, it, 
it was interesting. Just I, I think back to those being kind of tough times. You know, you're yeah. you're in middle school and and in, in around that age group. And so I think being able to be a mentor to kids, just being able to kind of watch out for uh, maybe uh, bullying, being able just to set an example, uh, would be rewarding. Dude, that this, that's my favorite part of this whole podcast because it tells me a lot about why you love residential real estate, number one, mm. and why you love to help people so much. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think about it in that context. But. Right, like you moved around. Home's a super important place. It's yeah. Home is obviously where your family is, but, I mean, it's an incredibly important thing. And then you right. just you genuinely just love to help people, and you love yeah. talking about real estate. I do. And so those are two qualities that you actually need in a real estate broker, not somebody who's just thinking about, like, oh, man, can you – Imagine the commission check I'm gonna get on this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't even think about that, like in, in yeah. day to day Me at neither. all. Um, it just, it just that happens. Um, it's just a result. It's a result. That. It is well, but yeah, helping people, but tangibly too, right? I mean, there was a, a situation, you know, a, a deal just last week where uh, it's a house in Old Town, and we got an offer. They're really good job marketing it. We had multiple offers, so we got it. You know, a, a few parties are willing to pay higher than ask, and. You know, we were able to get one of the parties to come up further, and we just ended up being, you know, like twenty thousand dollars above what the sellers thought the very, very best scenario ever would be. Right. You know, and that is rewarding. Yeah. That's they they had a a baby recently, and that is incredibly rewarding. So, doing that is it's it's a great feeling. You know, whether it's that or whether it's just somebody who is you know selling a house and downsizing maybe they're older getting into a different stage i want to go into a maintenance free patio home all of those those things of helping people uh, it really is rewarding do you have to be aging to get a to downsize because when i was shoveling snow the other day i was literally thinking about how i just wanted to no. be in a maintenance free home so i'm seeing it more and more i, I just i held the but uh cortina unit that sold recently with somebody that just wanted to you know have you know, maintenance free living and you know, travel and yeah, I love turnkey. It. Yeah. So you don't, you don't have to be old, <laughs> older. <just> no. <laughs> okay. So, um, is there a book that you've read or a resource maybe that you listen to regularly that you think every entrepreneur should spend some time on? Yeah, I got a couple. I yeah, got a fire. couple. Um, number one, essentialism, oh. Greg McEwen. I have not read that book. What's it about? So it's, it's about focusing on what matters, um, doing less, but better. Mm, the concept good. of doing less, but better. So good. And identifying what those things are and going all in on them. You know, there's a lot of talk about there about the Pareto principle, A 20 people conceptually understand these things, but he brings such a practical, easy to follow approach that it's life changing. And I, I just highly recommend it. I read this book and then I, when I was done, I read it again. I've never done that before. And then when I was done the second time, I read it again. Wow. I read it three times in a row. Um, so I've, I've never, that book has never had that effect on me. Uh, it was, it's incredible. So I, I read recommend a, that one. I read a lot. It's rare for somebody to mention a book that I haven't read. So thank you for that. Yeah. Essentialism, Greg McEwen. Yep. Essentialism. Yeah, that's good. What's your other one? I'll give you a, uh, one that's audio. You, you got to listen to this one. I think Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. I think that's a great one. Just his story his approach to life. I think it will surprise a lot of people, especially if you are thinking of getting into entrepreneurship, if you're thinking about, you know, following your heart, doing something, it is a story 
you need to hear. I've heard that. And you, you just, you, you couldn't have someone telling the story any better either. Yeah. You know, he, <laughs> cause he's actually reading the book. He's reading the book. Yeah. That Matthew McConaughey voice gets you every time. It gets you Philosopher every time. Philosopher McConaughey. But he really, I mean, there's, you know, there, there's lessons in there that will surprise people real quick one. You know, he decided it early in his career, early ish in his career. I don't want to be the rom-com guy. I mean, those were coming every week. Those jobs were coming. Every, he didn't want to be the rom-com guy. He wanted to be in dramas. He wanted to do things that, you know, really, but he could kind of flex his talent. He, he knew he was you know, cut out to do more. And so he just started turning down the rom-com deals. He was getting offers at eight, 10, 12 million, you know, turning this down. And it felt risky at the time because we all know what can happen in Hollywood here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, he stuck with it almost two years. He didn't have a job. I don't think any of us, you know, noticed in, in the world, but he didn't have an acting job for almost two years. Finally broke through. He, he stuck to it. He got that drama. He was in a movie called Mud. Then, you know, shortly after that, he did Dallas Buyers Club. The rest is history. He was doing... Vision, man. He's got yeah, vision. He, well, he, had the, he knew what he wanted to do. He talked about clarity early in this conversation. He talked about really knowing what you want instead of just going and doing and you know he could have just kept doing rom-coms he could have just kept stacking money on top of money and you know going through the motions he didn't he didn't want to do that i think there's a lot of people out there that might be able to relate to that are are you just going through the motions you know how much joy are you really getting out of the you know the the granite countertops and the huge kitchen that you can afford because you're going to this job every day that you hate that you hate yeah. or maybe you don't hate it maybe you're in that that place where you you don't hate it, but you don't love it. You're sort of in the middle. Yeah. That's maybe even a worse place to be. Yeah, just complacent. Just complacent, just, you know, sort of, you know, just walking through the day-to-day -day numb instead of being lit up. Like, you're lit up every day. I'm lit up. You're lit up every day. Every day. Yeah, it's better to be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. Yeah, and I think people might see somebody like you and say, well, that's that's just who he is. I'm not, I'm not that guy. <laughs> They might not realize, no, you found what you were supposed to do. You found what you were put here to do, and and they can too. Yes, absolutely. They can too. They just need to take that first step and then take that next step and then take that next step. They just need to go, get mm -hmm. a mentor, get a coach, talk to people, check your ego at the door, all these things. Let's go. Read, you know. Well, I was going to ask you what inspiration you have for entrepreneurs who want to take the entrepreneurial leap, but I think you just hit it nail on the head, man. Uh, the the gap between where you're at versus the vision for the future is where passion exists. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you hit it on nail on the head. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, they connected with your story. What are the best social platforms for them to follow you on, connect with you, send you a message? Maybe they want to buy some luxury real estate in Northern Colorado. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm on Instagram. Just look at my name, Greg. Raider. Yep, Raider. Spelled. Last, na last name is spelled R-O-E-D-E-R, -E -E spelled like Rotor, pronounced Raider. <laughs> But yeah, you'll just see me under my you'll see me on my name, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, all the social channels. If they want to learn more about me and the homes I sell, you know, you can you can uh, look me up on Live Sotheby's site. You can check out reviews on Zillow. Search we'll, my name on there. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes so everybody Thank can you. connect with you. But <clears throat> I'm excited. I'm excited to help you on your content journey as well, and then I'm excited to bring you back. And tell the second part of the story about how you're the most dominant, best, number one luxury real estate agent <laughs> in in Colorado. Let's go, Colorado. Yeah, I, I need to figure out who keeps that stat because I, I have to be I have to be up there from a number standpoint now. But I might I think and this is 
relating to our conversation, really defining that. Like, like what does that mean? What is the go-to agent for million-dollar-plus properties in, in northern Colorado? Yeah, probably just defining that better. Uh, last defining year. that, defining your avatar, getting clear about who they are, where they hang out, what they care about, what keeps them up at night. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I'm excited to get your help with with just you know amplifying that and and and, and clarifying that. But thank you, I I appreciate this. This is fun. You bet, man. Thanks for being here. Until next time. All right. See you, bro. See you.